Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk catchers to buy low and sell high in Dynasty Leagues up next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FPT in 5. Today is Thursday, October 20th. I am Frank Sample, joined by Scott White. And let's start with some catchers to buy low on. I guess, Scott, let's start with this. Is it possible to buy low or sell high in Dynasty League, specifically at the catcher position? Because I don't even know how realistic it is. What do you think? I think it's realistic. Sure, I think it's possible. Uh, There's more flexibility at the catcher position now than ever because uh, we've talked about at the major league level how deep it's looking all of a sudden. And uh, it's really deep in the minors, too. So um, I think a lot of teams that are out of it in a dynasty league feel like they have their catcher of the future locked up and and maybe they'll feel more inclined to move their, their major league catcher as a result. So, all right, you want to do buy lows first? Yeah, let's start with those. Okay, let's start with the buy lows. So Tyler Stevenson of the Reds, I think is a, is a good time to buy low on him. He's been productive for two straight years. The stat cast numbers don't really pop out at you, which is another potential reason you could buy low just because you know the people who obsess over that aren't going to like him. But again, he's been productive the past two years, uh, plays in the most favorable park for hitters in Cincinnati. Didn't play after July 22nd last year, so he's not top of mind for people right now. And I think uh, he could be a top 10 catcher for years to come. Also like MJ Melendez of the Royals as a buy low, hit for a low average as a rookie, but showed good plate discipline, hit the ball uh, plenty hard enough. To, uh, to, to, to profile as a power hitter long-term. And uh, I think it's more likely than not he gets that batting average up going forward. I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term concern for him the way it might be for, for some of the sell highs we talk about. And he's going to play a ton, MJ Melendez. He, when he wasn't catching or DHing, he, he spent his time in the outfield. So the Royals seem to value him in the lineup. The same goes for my third buy low, when you're not going to be able to buy that low on this guy, he's going to be more expensive than MJ Melendez and, and Tyler Stevenson. But Alejandro Kirk, I think it's still a good time to buy low on him, in part because his second half was so bumpy. He hit like 240, I think only two home runs in the second half for Alejandro Kirk. But um, I think what we saw from him midseason is more what he profiles to be long-term. Excellent, excellent contact skills and hits the ball very hard. And it's, it's rare to find a player at any position who does both of those things as well as Alejandro Kirk does. And I think it it gives him the potential to be, uh, at some point down the line, maybe the top overall catcher in fantasy, especially in points leagues with those strikeouts being so low. Um Plus the Blue Jays value him in the lineup. He had clean up much of the year. He plays a lot of DH when he's not catching. So I, I would still consider Kirk something of a buy low. 
Quick notes on a few of those players, Scott. You mentioned MJ Melendez. You think he can get the batting average up. And I agree specifically because we know there will be a shift ban in 2023 and moving forward. Shout out to Chris Clegg who tweeted this out. Uh, MJ Melendez, his BABIP on shifts last year was 203. His BABIP on non-shifts was 412. So something that could favor MJ Melendez moving forward. And for Tyler Stevenson, I think he's really helped out by his home ballpark where in his career he has hit 340 with a 930 OPS. As far as I can tell, he will be playing in Cincinnati again next year, so I agree. I think it's a good time to buy on Tyler Stevenson. How about some catchers to sell high on in Dynasty League, Scotty? I think I know at least one of these names. Yeah, Cal Raleigh. I don't know if that's the one you do, but Cal Raleigh is the one I was referring to a minute ago where I I said that batting average could be a long-term issue. In his case, I think that's absolutely true. Strikes out 30% of the time. His fly ball rate is absurd, and uh, that leads to a lot of home runs like we saw this past season, but it also leads to a lot of outs on batted balls, and he's not batting a lot of balls to begin with. So I think the floor for Cal Raleigh is very, very low, and his opportunity to to contribute in fantasy could dry up very suddenly. So now coming off a great season is the time to move him. Uh, Travis Darno, I'll go ahead and call him a buy low. I don't know how, or, I'm sorry, sell high. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how successfully you're going to be able to do that in a dynasty league because I don't think it's lost on anybody that he's 34 next year. Uh, but he's coming off a great season and he may not have many more of those left. So in the strictest sense, uh, Now's the time to sell. JT Realmuto. That's the one. Num- my number one catcher for next year. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he's about to fall off the cliff, but we've talking dynasty context, long-term perspective. He is reaching an age where historically not many catchers have been able to sustain this level of production. He'll be 32 next year. You don't see a lot of catchers playing at a high level into their mid-30s. Uh, Real Muto himself seemed like he was falling off before a monster second half ended up being the only the 20, the, only the second catcher ever to have a 2020 season. So I think he's, um, I, I think it offers one last chance to get a really, really strong return for him in Dynasty, unless, of course, you're all in for this year. Yeah, I was going to say that exact thing, Scott. Like, if you're a team that's even slightly looking to maybe not even rebuild, but retool your team, try and sell JT Real Muto to. Uh, a team in your league, in your dynasty league, that is looking to contend this year because obviously that just makes a ton of sense. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your smart speakers, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. We'll be back again on Saturday morning. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 